Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Kisisa, Tavshin Peidalid, as we get into the Cheta uh, Egel and the Lucho, such an exciting Parsha, uh, stuck in between here, Truman Tetzave and Meyakal Bakude. And often Kisisa is Shkalim or Para or something else, but not in a leap year as we have this year. Kisisa is just Kisisa. And Vayakel and Pekude are Vayakel and Pekude uh, separately. But we will start off <laughs> with a thought about Parsha Shkalem, because Machzah Shekel is the beginning of Parsha's Kisisa, uh, so we'll have it in Yana de Parsha, even though it's not in Yana de Yoma. Uh, the the uh, Parsha starts off, as we know, Vayidabar Hashem Moshele Yimar, Hashem says to Moshe, Baruch Hashem Moshe's back. We didn't have Moshe last week, Tetzaveh, but Moshe makes his appearance again in the first Pasuk right here. Kisisa as Rosh B'nei Yisrael of Kudahem, when you count, or literally when you lift up, when you lift up, you see, Unkelis are Sekabel, Sekabel, right, we spoke last week about the three uh, meanings of Nishma, if you remember. But Kisisa as Rosh B'nei Yisrael of Kudahem, Venasu ish kofar nafshal Hashem b'fkodasam, every person gives his redemption of his soul, there's some type of redemption that takes place, um, going, by going through the Machsas HaShakel, then there is no plague. Because we know the Isser of counting Jews, if one counts Jews, that Rahman al can bring a plague. As we know, David HaMelech learned the hard way uh, when he insisted in counting the Jewish people, not clear exactly what his reasons were, but he insisted, and that ultimately brought the, uh, brought the plague. The Medrash tells us, beginning of source number one, the Medrash tells us, the Ksav Sofer quotes the Medrash, the first two thoughts on the, in this week's Parsha Shir is a, a thought of the Ksav Sofer and then a story about the Ksav Sofer. So first we have the thought of the Ksav Sofer. The Medrash. Niskasha Moshe Rabbeinu, Olav HaShalom, V'herol HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Be'eshal Eish, Tachas Kisi Moshe Rabbeinu had difficulty understanding Machzaz HaShekel. So it's a difficult one because, you know, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand making the menorah, that we understand. That's really hard to take a, a, one piece of, of gold and melt it down. Where do the prachim go and where do the cups go and where do the flowers go? That one could understand is a little hard. Even, even the moon. You know, how big does the moon have to be in order to be Makadesh? So the other context where we say Niskasha Moshe Rabbeinu, we understand that a little bit. Matzah Shekel, what's so hard about that? What's so hard about Niskasha Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know? Understand, half, give a half a shekel every Jew. Hashem shows him a coin of fire. From under the kisei hakavod. This is like this, like this one. What exactly does that mean? What does it mean under the Kisya Kavid? What does it mean that Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time uh, understanding? Again, Chazal pick up on the uh, Zeh, right, as we know, Zeyitnu, because whenever it says the word Zeh, we know in the Torah, that means Hashem has to point to something, right? Or not Hashem, whoever's involved. By Ben Soramora, Benenu Zeh Soramora. Zeh means you have to point. Kazera Evikadesh, Achodesh Azelachem. Right, Zeh always means clarity of vision. Right, that's why I cut, uh, Rashi quotes the beginning of Parshas Matos, that all Nevi'im, uh, use the Lashon of Ko, Ko Amar Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu also used the Lashon of Zehadav. Zehadavah, that's only Moshe Rabbeinu, because he had the clarity, as if he could point to it. So that's also here. Hashem points to the Matbeya Shaleish Kazei Yitznu. What exactly uh, is the message of this Medrash? So says the Ksav Sofer, based on a Ramban and a Rosh, and then we'll get to his thought. Nir Lafari Shnei Ramban. She'elu Shachatu Be'egel Befoal Neheragu. The Ramban says, if you think about it, right, the, the Jewish people, Am Yisrael did the Egel. Very few people were died because of the Egel. Right, 3,000 out of 2 million people. 2 million people. So 3,000, the ones that actually worshipped the Egel, Avodah Zara, or something like it, were, were killed. Those that were left alive did not serve the Egel. Maybe in, in thoughts they violated, but it wasn't in action. They didn't actually violate. Maybe they had some svekas. They had some doubts. Is this is this golden calf? Is it really? Maybe it could lead us. They had some svekas in Emuna, but they didn't act. The ones that had thoughts and action, they were killed. The ones that only had thoughts were not killed. Ayn Ramban. Vihine, but has the uh, Ksav Sofer now. Biavodizara. 
ma'anish Hashem al hamachshava. But by Avodah Zarah, we know the Gemara tells us in Kiddushin that for Avodah Zarah, we're going to be punished even for the machshava, just for the thought. Not just for the action. Because of Arasa, but he says, no, no, that doesn't mean stam thought. Hainushim obed Avodah Zarah nenash gamal hamachshava. It means once you have the Misa of Avodah Zarah, then you're going to be punished even for the machshava. If it never gets to the Misa, so then you won't be punished. If you have a, th- usually when I do an Avera, I'm punished for the Avera. The thought about doing the Avera beforehand? No, just for the Avera itself. Avodah Zara, once I violate, says the Rush, so then I'm punished even for the Machshava. Line six. So, so far, what do we have? The people who survived the Egel, who survived that, they sinned for Machshava. And Hashem's not going to punish for Machshava, even for Avodah Zara, until the mice is done. The shkalim were there to bring a kapara. Hagam Even though you're right, right? The shkalim were brought as a kapara for the chayta egel, right? The shkalim is really after the chayta egel. But even though we just said those who survived didn't sin in the egel, but they also need a kapara. Why? Because they did a machzas avera. They did the machshava. Mikal makom tzrichin kapara kama ola, like a carbon ola shemachaper al hirhure avera, as the Gemara says. V'yalzeh machzis hashegel sheba avera, shehu b'maisa, ube machshava hi avera b'shlemus. Right, so the machzah shekel, because those that survived did a machzis, did a partial avera, so you have to give a partial shekel to get the kapara. So, if I do an Avera in thought and in action, that's a complete Avera. If I only do it in thought, or I'm forced to do the Avera, but I didn't think about it, so both of those are just partial. Okay? Step one. That's what bothered Moshe Rabbeinu. What do you mean, machzah shekel? Tell him to give a shekel. Okay, all the all the messages about machzis and achtus. But Moshe says you want them to get kapara, so tell him to give a give a shekel. What do you mean a machzah shekel? That's what bothered Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't understand why it was machzis. Shnis kasha Moshe Rabbeinu alav shalom. Lama machzah shekel. The hera Hashem. So what does Hashem show him? A matbeya of fire from under the kisei hakavod. What does that mean? Only Hashem knows thoughts. Only Hashem, up by the Kisya Kavad, Hashem knows what we're thinking. So Hashem showed a machzis hashekel from under the Kisya Kavad, meaning, I know they only did a half of an Avera. I know they sinned b'machshava. And therefore they need that. Right? It could be the other way. What was Moshe bothered by? Didn't they actually sin? Or Moshe maybe is thinking, well, only 3,000 people sinned. The other people didn't sin. Why are they being punished at all? Why do they need a kapar at all? Hashem shows it. No, no. They sinned b'machshava, which only I know. Which only I know. The Hera Hashem came in at Be'ashalish, Mitachas Kisya Kavid, Hainosh Hagam Shalochatu Bamaisa. They didn't actually do the sin, Mikomakom Hirura Avera Hayakan, Upogi Manefesh Chelek, Eloki Hamagasa Kisya Kavid. They were pogim, they stained, they tainted the Neshama that comes from the Kisya Kavid, and only the Kisya Kavid knows, has that insight, Vesricha Kapara, Vedafka Machsis. And that's the kapara that's needed. And he says, if you think about this, I'll add on something else. Right? Last week was Purim Katan. We're in Shloshim Yom. He says, You look in the Gemara Megillah. The Gemara there says, if you remember, in the first Yisrael, Haman was going to weigh out right the silver to give to Achashverosh in order to be able to kill the Jews. Hashem was maktim, the machzah shekel, to the shkalim of Haman. And many are bothered, what is the connection between the machzah shekel and the weights that Haman weighed out in order to pay Achashverosh to be able to do what he wanted? And the Gemara says, why were they, why were they deserving of punishment in the days of Achashverosh? The Gemara says, because two generations earlier, Right, Vashti's grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, right, they, they had bowed down. 
They were forced, right? We'd say for Daniel. The Jews were forced to bow down to the idol of Anvuchanetzar. So, Palma knew that they did that. And there, it was the Maisa Avodazar without the Machshava Avodazar. They were forced to do it. They didn't believe in it. They were forced to do it. But earlier in history, we had Machshava Avodazar without the Maisa. So Haman says to himself, oh, okay, I'm going to put the Machshava together with the Maisa and they deserve to be punished because now they have a full Avera. Right, the machshava during the time of the chet egel, the ma'isa, the time of Nebuchadnezzar, they're worthy of punishment. What does the Kaddish Baruch Hu do? He's mocked him, his shkalim, to, to Haman shkalim. What does that mean? Why? So we get rid of, we have kapara for our machshava. Therefore, there's no, there's no tziruf. It's already finished. That's why dafka Kaddish Baruch Hu did that, so to speak. El sheish biyadam chet egel. We weren't punished. Why we weren't punished? Why weren't we punished? Because we never did the Misa. But now we did the Misa. It would have been Mikuyam had we not given Machza Shekel beforehand. And that's the connection between Hiktim, Shkalim, Lishkalov. What a, how a Darshan in, uh, in our history thinks, putting together Gemaras and Midrashim and messages, unbelievable. That's the Ksav Sofer, one of the great Darshanim and, and Halachists of his, uh, of his time. And now related a story about the Ksav Sofer, about Machza Shekel. I heard this story a long time ago, uh, but it's quoted here. There's a, there's a set with uh, just fascinating stories and, and interesting uh, discussions in the Otzer Plos HaTorah. So there, quotes this story. Quotes this story from the, uh, from the Sefer of Mahari Asad. Mahari Asad was a contemporary of the uh, Ksav Sofer. Right? He, lived with, he was a posig, one of the great posig adors in Hungary. Um, after the Chassam Sofer, he wrote over 50 Svarim. Most of them we don't have. Most of them were destroyed in the Shoah. Chuvis Yehuda Yala. It's one of the few that we have from Yehuda Asad. So this is quoted. He quotes the story, the Maria Sat. So he quotes the following story: Huva Maisa Nifla. It happened. There was a there was a gathering of Rabbanim in Hungary. Sheira Beishis Asu Kogdoli Medinas Ungerin Beira Bira Fest. Kedelisa Velitein Latovas Haramas Karenatora. They got together. The Ksav Sofer was there. The Mahat the Mar Maria Sat was there. They were all there. Vayhi Ketov Libam Beemsasut. In the middle of the Suda, Hotzi Ksav Sofer Mikiso. Matbea Yasha Noshan. The Ksav Sofer, again, the son of the Ksav Sofer, takes out a very, very old coin. Very old coin. The Hera Lahamisubim Shiza Otsar Nechmalo. He shows the people who are there at the meal, this is one of my most prized possessions. Vushekel HaKodesh Mizmana Mikdash. It's a shekel that goes back to the times of the base of Mikdash. This is 1800s. I got it from my father, Chassam Sofer. How did he get it? I don't know. But it comes from the Chassam Sofer, a machza shekel that goes all the way back to the times of the Beis HaMikdash. There were 150 rabbis there. Wow! Everybody wanted to touch it. To see it. So it started going around the room. The coin started going around the room. Amazing. After a little while, the Ksav Sofer says, okay, please, can I have it back? Just pass it back. And it was nowhere. And nobody knew where it was. They looked on the table, they looked under the table, they looked under the napkins, nothing. Whoa, what is going on? They said, fine. Look, there were masking amongst them. Everybody opened their pockets. Everybody empty their pockets onto the table. That's it. Where could it be? Empty your pockets. We'll go one by one. Everybody open their pockets. We're talking about the biggest rabbis of the generation. Why they got to empty their pockets? What can you do? What can you do? There's no choice. And all of a sudden, the pose kador. Slow. 
The Arab has said, you're not checking my pockets. You're not checking my pockets. The Maria Assad said. And once he said that, then what? You're going to check everybody else except for him. What? If you don't find it, what? Then you're going to negotiate him? So they said, forget it. They said, what's the problem? Why is he so against this? Right? The they forgot about it, or at least they didn't forget about it, but it was underneath the carpet in the issue. All of a sudden, a couple of hours later, a servant from the kitchen of the back comes out and says, I found this coin. He found the coin and they brought it out. And they were very besimcha. They asked Rabbi Yudasad, okay, now you can explain yourself. Now you can explain yourself. Why didn't you want us to search? You don't have anything to worry about. This is a story I've told my kids. He reaches into his pocket and he takes out a coin that looks exactly the same. Another machzah shekel from the days of old. For his spirit, he says, I also have a coin like that. But what I, I was thinking about showing him, you know what, after the Ksav Sofer showed it, that I don't want to burst his bubble. I don't want to take, oh, I have one too. Oh, okay. The Ksav Sofer had his moment. Had his moment. I knew it would be really, really hard for everyone to be Don Lakovskos here. Right? Oh, I have one too. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. But so many messages of the story. He didn't want to take away any of the thunder of the Ksav Sofer. He didn't want to say anything. He beat him to it. Okay, beat him to it. So I won't say anything. But then when it was going to, he was going to have to put them into such a difficult situation, he could have said, he could have said, what do you mean? I also have one. What, they wouldn't have trusted him? If Ravosha Feinstein did that, would we not trust him? It would be really, I mean, hopefully we would, but, you know, in that type of situation, it's, it's very difficult. But that's the Ksav Sofer and the Machsas HaShekel story. Okay. So we have a thought of the Ksav Sofer, and we have a story of the Ksav Sofer. Um, and now we have, move on. I think we mentioned this Vilna Gon many years ago, but, um, I don't have it in the notes, but I think we did. I think I just forgot to put the year down. But um, it's on Vishamru. It's on Vishamru. So we know the first two aliyos. The first aliyah has many different sections. The second aliyah, of course, is the Chet Egel and the Luchos. And that is why um, we um, uh, we give the Kohen and the Levi. We mention this each year. The first two aliyos are very long. And the last, ali- last few aliyos are, are very short because... We want to make sure that the Kohen and the Levi get the whole story of the Chet Egal because they didn't participate. So they could get the Aliyah. Um, and then Yisrael is not supposed to get the Aliyah. That's why we don't split it up evenly. I saw somebody show me a Psach this week that if there's no, what if there's no Kohen? What if there's no Kohen in Shul? So you always have a choice to give a Levi or to Yisrael. So I saw the Psach was, I don't remember who, who said it, you give the Levi the first Aliyah and you go straight through both Aliyahs. You go straight through both. And then you make another hosafa afterwards. Because the minog of Chal Yisrael is not to give... If you have nobody there, you have nobody there. Okay, what can you do? If you don't have a coin or a levy in shul, you know, there's nothing to, nothing to do. But if you have a choice, uh, you do that. So we have the story, but before that, before uh, Shani, we have the Machza uh, Shekel, and we have the Kiyor, and we have the Shemana Mishcha, and we have the Ktores. So many different uh, little sections. And then, of course, we have Shabbos. We have Shabbos right before the end of Rishon, uh, Shabbos connected, as we know, to the, to the Mishkan, right? This is one of the sources, right? We know the juxtaposition of Shabbos and the Mishkan. We just had the Mishkan in the last two parashiyas, Shumat Tzavah, and we have a Hemshech of that with the Ketoros and the Kiyar, and then we have Shabbos. And then next week's parsha, beginning of Ayakel, we have Shabbos again, and then we have the Mishkan, where the Meshachachma talks about why it is the first time we have Mishkan before Shabbos, and the second time we have Shabbos before the Mishkan, the Chet Eagles in the middle, but we have Shabbos. V'shamru v'nei Yisrael asa Shabbos. La'asos asa Shabbos of the Rosham B'ris Olam. Right? We keep Shabbos to... Be'nivim v'nei Yisrael osili olam. It is a covenant forever. Kishesh yisyamim asa Hashem asa Hashem asa Hashem asa Hashem asa Hashem asa Hashem created everything. 
And he stopped and arrested, in quotes, on, uh, on the seventh day. The, um, the Gra, here quoted in source number three, uh, wonders, V'yeshladaktik, if you see the first pasuk, it says it's an eternal covenant. Bris olam. The second time laolam is chaser, without the vav. Why the first time with, the second time without? So says the gra, we would see this and not think anything. But the gra says maybe it's alluding to the Gemara in Masechah Shabbos, Tav the Gemara there quotes a machlokas. Amar Ravuna. Hayimalech maderech o bamidbar b'niyodeya imasai Shabbos. Somebody's on a desert island. They have no idea what day of the week it is. They have no idea. On the calendar. What day is today? I don't know. So the Gemara says you have to start counting. But what's what day is today? That's a machlokas. Is today Sunday or is today Shabbos? Machlokas amoraim. Rav Huna says, today's Sunday. So that's how you do it. You have to have some type of Shabbos in your life, even if it's a totally wrong day. But you start counting whenever you realize that's day one. Day one. No, the other day, today's Shabbos. Today's Shabbos, and then you have the, the rest of the, uh, the days. What's the Machlokas about? What's the Machlokas about? Says the Gemara. One says, well, you go like Briyasa Olam, right? Sunday through Friday, and then Shabbos. Right? Right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Adam was created right before Shabbos. Adam's first day was Shabbos. So, Marsavar, Kadam Arishon. Shaniver Be'er of Shabbos. Machlokas. We go like we hold like Ravuna, meaning you start with Sunday. Start with Sunday. Says the Gra, maybe this Pasig is alluding to this Gemara. What? The Torah is alluding to the second time when it says it Chaser. What is Alam also means, Alama means a forgetting, a lack of knowledge. The Gemara sometimes says, Behelam Echad, in one Helam, in one forgetting. Lorameis, the Haila Olam, Kavanaso La Alam, Pirish Ha'alama. Kidrosh is Chalat, La Chazal Seip, Sachem Dafnun, Zeshmi La Olam, right? It's the Chaser, right? It's the, it's the, it's the name of Hashem that is hidden. Tahainus, what is the Pazak teaching me? The Pazak says, Osili Olam. Right, so the second time, the Chaser. We don't know. What does the next part of the Pazak say? Six days and then Shabbos. And that's an allusion to the Shita of Rafuna. Everything in, is hidden in the text. Right? Chazal didn't say this. Right? Some of the greats in the, some of the great achronim sometimes find sources of halachos and ramazim even where the Chazal didn't say it. The Vilnagon, the Meshachachma, right? Sometimes finds, uh, sources of halachos, um, even where Chazal did not. Even where Chazal did not. Or did not, uh, reveal it. Okay, so that's the gra in the illusion. Continuing. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu tries to defend Klal Yisrael and he tries and tries and Hashem says, no, I want to, I want to destroy you. Saru Maher, the Pasuk says, Paraglamid Beis Pasuk Ches. Remember the significance of that Pasuk? Saru Maher, the Bnei Yisachar, this week's Parsha. One of the only two Psukim in the entire Torah that starts with the Samach. Right? Saru Maher. Right, they, you, they have turns. What's the other pasuk? Forgive them. And the Bnei Yisachar says, because sometimes when we're in a cycle of sin and a cycle of of difficulty with our relationship with the Kaddish Baruch we feel like we can't get out. It's like a samach, that's a circle. Saru maher, we've sinned, we can't get out of this cycle. It's infinite. The Bnei Yisachar says, Slachna, Hashem Slich is also infinite. Slachna, 
So if we think the saru maher is infinite, then we're just going in circles, slachna is also. So that's just to remember the, the Bnei Yisachar we did many years ago. So saru maher and adarach hachot sivisim, asulem egel masecha. They've made an egel. They bow down to it. Ela elohecha Yisrael. Hashem says to Moshe, Ra'isi yasam hazevini am kshayorefu. They are a stiff-necked nation. Leave me alone. So again, that Chazal say that already left Moshe an opening, right? Don't try. Don't talk to me. Don't talk. Okay, I guess I guess you're saying that if I talk to you, it might help, right? That's what Hashem. But Hashem wanted to ultimately, right? That's why Hashem said it, right? Leave me alone. Right, so that's that's what right Hashem that Rashi picks up on that. He quotes Chazal. Moshe didn't say a word. Hashem says to Moshe, Moshe, they've sinned, and if you try to, and if you don't try to talk to me about it, so he's obviously leaving it open. Right, the Medrash darshans that on this pasuk, Hashem starts this conversation. But the next Pasuk says, Hashem says, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to make you into a great nation. Rashi. Rashi. I'm going to make you into a great nation. What does Moshe answer? Moshe says, two Pesukim later, Moshe says, Remember the Avos. You swore to them. So Rashi quotes, Rashi quotes Avram, Yisrael, First he quotes the first half that each of them, um, you know, that, uh, gave their life for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and then he says, If the Jews are not saved the Avos, What do you mean that I'm going to make you into a great nation? Rashi says, if a chair of three legs d- does not stand in front of you when you're angry, meaning Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, I'm only one leg. I'm only one leg. Right? You're saying, I, sh- I, sh- I should dive in what you, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov didn't work. Bishchus me. Right, and, and then I'm gonna, this is the, you want to start a, a nation with me? The, the descendants of the three-legged chair, you know, sinned. What, the, the descendants of a, of a one-legged chair? So that's Rashi. Many asked the Kasha, and now we go back a generation, the Chassam Sofer, the father of the Ksav Sofer. Top left. The Chassam Sofer, Makshim, Halo Imoshe Yachad Yitzurov Lios Raglayim. What do you mean? Why doesn't Moshe just say, you know, me and the Avos? Right, well, if three, three didn't work, Moshe should say, we'll be Mitzuraf, and I'll add on to the Schus Avos, and it'll work that way. So, the reason I gave this thought is that the, the next line caught my eye. The Karavina Talia, that means when I was young. When I was young, Kivar Sheva Shnin. When I was seven years old, I thought of the answer to this question. When I was seven years old, it's based on the Gemara Brachas Dafyud. Okay, there's a lot of messages already. He knew the Gemara Brachas Dafyud. He knew how to connect it to the Chassam Sofer. Chassam Sofer. See, when I was seven years old, they gave an answer. Again, there are a number of answers. You might say this, it's not cumulative because Moshe is talking about the future as I just formulated it. But he gives the following answer. If you try to get something from Hashem in your own merit... That's not going to work. It's going to, if you have other people's merits, so then it'll, it'll, uh, it'll work for you. Right? If you try to get in your own merit, no, no, no. Hashem is going to say, let me look around you. But if you ask, not based on your own merit, but you ask on for other people's merits, then Hashem will look at you. Do you have any merits? Because you're not blow, tooting your own horn. Moshe Rabbeinu said, remember, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, our Pasuk. What does Hashem say? You're asking, you know what? 
That's Moshe. Chizkiyah tala b'schus atzmo. The Gemara there, Chizkiyah melech b'schus atzmo. So he was only answered b'schus acherim. Then came, says the Chassam Sofer, you can't, you can't double up. You can't double up. Moshe Rabbeinu, if he would focus on himself, what, in the four legs? No, no, you can't do four legs. It's either you, you or others. Yeshua comes from, depending on which, which, uh, mechanism you're using. If Moshe says, Bishuti, so then Hashem is not going to say, Avramisachin Yaakov. Vari Kisa shall give a regalim. Bimitla Bishchus Avos, Azia Bishchusu Kisa shall regalachad, Vasi Shabbat. It's going to be three or one. If he says, save them, Bishchus the Avos, that's only three. Then it's only going to be one. It's only Bishchus Asma. If it's Bishchus me, then it's, then it's the three. Moshe Rabbeinu, though, you know, he wasn't going to ask but in, in the name of himself. Even though it was basically, according to that, that only going to be one leg, but, but Moshe was not going to mention himself in this at all. That's not something that he would do. Okay. Uh, moving right along. So part of Moshe Rabbeinu's argument, part of his argument is, Vaychal Moshe, as we know, Lama Moshe David. So Moshe falls down and starts uh, begging. Why do you get angry at your people? It's always the best argument. Hashem Hashem is going to be a Chil Hashem. You have to save them. It's like, that puzzle doesn't make us feel so good. Because that means that we have no merit. Hashem is going to be a Chil Hashem. Come on. Zachor l'avram Yaakov, so pasuk yud beis chil Hashem, pasuk yud gimel, zachor l'avram Yisrael, schus avos, schus avos, and then what does Hashem say in the next pasuk? But Yinochem Hashem alara. Okay, He forgave them. That was it. But there's three. There's really three pesukim, right? There's yud aleph, yud beis, and yud gimel, and then it says Hashem forgave them. So again, what's yud beis? That's chil Hashem. Yud gimel. Is Chosavos. What's Yud Aleph? Moshe Rabbeinu, how does he start off the argument? Why are you getting angry at the nation that you took out of Mitzrayim? How does that help? What is, what is Moshe trying to say? That's talking about the greatness of Hashem. Hashem, you took out this great nation. Yeah, and? So, so you might see it's just leading into the next Pasuk. You took them out and now you're going to kill them in the desert. It's going to be a Chil Hashem. So it might just be all one message. That's true. But we have it as a separate Pasuk. We have it as a separate pasuk. We know the psukim come from Moshe Rabbeinu. The prakim come from non-Jewish sources. But the psukim, the Gemara says, called psukim to lopaskim Moshe and lopaskina. The psukim come from Moshe Rabbeinu. And also the stumos and the psuchos come from way back. But what is pasuk yud aleph? So if you look in the Nachlas Tzvi, Nachlas Tzvi has a suggestion that, that this is a separate element. Pasuk yud aleph. Right, Simon Shalom Gross, we've quoted from him before. Yesh Lahair. Halamosha Rabbeinu, all of us shalom, Ayrotalahamlitz Tobadam. Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to get on their good side to say something positive for them. Umaz Chusilahem, Mashahotzi Osamaris Mitzrayim. What kind of schus is that? So he says it's based on a Shlakadosh. We've mentioned the Shlakadosh probably about ten years ago. Parshas Bechukosai. Maybe you remember. The Shlakadosh talks about a Pasik in the middle of the Tochacha in Bechukosai. If you remember in the middle of the Torah, all the terrible curses, what does Hashem say? Zacharti, Esbisi Yaakov, Av, Esbisi Yislav, Av, Esbisi Avram, Eskav, Aras Eskar. I'll remember the Avos. And what does Rashi say there? In the middle of the curses, Hashem says, I still love you. But the Shlach Kodosh says, no. The Shlach Kodosh says, that's part of the, of the rebuke. Look at you. Look where you came from. Look who your Avos were. And this is what happened. It's part of the, part of the rebuke. That's the Shlach Kadosh on that, on that Pasuk. Zechad is busy Yaakov, busy Yisrael, busy Avram Ezkar, Falazchir Savaz Chuskadolahi, Falaman Emra Betochacha, why is that in the Tochacha? Umetarit and the Shlach answers, line six, Shayna Dome, Mishin is Gadom, and is Chadech Eitzel Av, Tamar Chacham, Fiyere Shamayim, if somebody grows up in a, in a, in a house with Torah, and you're at Shemayim, Ubeir o Medina shall tamidech hachamim, Shailo lilmon lehem, he had who to learn from, Lamishin eskadal eitzel av Russia, Ovid avodazara. Ubeir o Medina shall rishayim, 
Right? If, if he, you have to look at where he grew up. If he grew up in a city of Tamech Ahab Zadikim, then he, there's more to, that he's, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna demand more from him. If it was, uh, surrounded by Rishoyim. So, so too, but you saw that's part of the Tochacha. Look, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, and this is who you are! Right, there are studies done about rabbis' children. How about Avos's children? We're all the children of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. We're all. So we all have that syndrome, right? Avos's children. Right, so the, um, the, the Nachlasvi says, that, that's what the Shlachaler says. No! You should have been better! So says the Nachlasvi, here Moshe's using it to our benefit. Not the Avos, but Hashem, look where they were for 200 years. You put them there. They were in Mitzrayim. What do you expect? What, you think they're not going to have any connection to Avodah Zarah? That's using the Shlach Kadosh's message in the opposite way. Using it the opposite way. Vine Khan Ratsa Moshe Levake Shulahamlitz Toval Yisrael Amasha Asua Segel. They're trying to defend them. Belozos Amar Halohainis Gadlu Beretz Mitzrayim Shihimakar Hatuma. This is where they were, the source of all impurity, Rahman Litzlan. Fayusham Kulam Ov, the Avodah Zarah. Vinish Takub meant Peshari Tuma. They were on the lowest levels. What are you surprised, God? After 200 years in Mitzrayim, and you're surprised that this is what happened? No! Have some Rachmanis, have some understanding. And you had to take him out with, with Koach. They couldn't stay in there for another second. Show you Mishukayim, the Memteshari Tuma. So the Shlo Kadosh in Bechukosai, the Nachlasvi in Kisisa. Same message. Okay. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes down and first saves Klal Yisrael and then takes care of business and brings down the Luchos and breaks the Luchos. Breaks the Luchos. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down. Yeshua Binun doesn't know what's going on. Vayicharaf Moshe, the Pasuk says in Pasuk Yutes, Vayashlech miyadavas aluchos, he throws the luchos from his hands, Vayishaberosam tachasahar, and he breaks them. Vayishaber, that's it. He smashes them, not just Vayishbar, Vayishaber, P.L. So he breaks the luchos. The question that many ask is, what did Moshe think that life will go on without Torah? Like Hashem told him by the snare. Right? Like what was he thinking? He didn't know there was going to be a second Luchos. So what exactly was his message? So last week, a new safer, I just got it last week. Last week when I was in the, was in the States for a couple of days, I went back to my alma mater, my elementary school, Taurus Chaim, uh, Long Island. So they, they gave me a set of uh, Rabbi Yamin Kamenetsky, who was the founder of the uh, of the schools. They put out some of his Torah, the Chalkas Binyamin. You have it there in source uh, six and seven. So he says the same idea in the name of Rav Yashiv that we've seen in the past from Rav Shimon Shkup. But it's the same idea to answer this question. What was Moshe thinking? What was Moshe thinking? Remember Yom Hashishi? Right, the whole world was waiting for, for Vav Sivan. So Vatiris Agon Rav Yosef Shalmal Yashiv. He quotes Rav Yashiv, and this is a matim and appropriate for Rav Yashiv to say this because this is how he lived his life for a hundred and one years or whatever it was. Shekiyadua ilulo nishtabru haluchos harishonos. If the first luchos wouldn't have been broken, lohaisa shichach hasholetas batora. Right, the first luchos were who wrote it? Hashem. That means eternal. That means anyone who connects to any point, any uh, idea in Torah will remember it forever. It will never be forgotten. One won't have to work hard to know Kala Torah Kula. V'nimsa, kol adam la'olam, he'd know forever. Moshe Rabbeinu sees them dancing on the Egel. Moshe Rabbeinu sees what, uh, some information, but without working hard, how much that lasts. How low they could they could reach. Moshe Rabbeinu 
Moshe Rabbeinu said, I don't know what's going to be, but it can't be with this Torah. It can't be with these luchos. It's too dangerous. Shiber Moshe Rabbeinu luchos. Shemikan ve'iluch, you know what? I'll make my own luchos. It'll be Misa Adam, which you have to work hard for. You want to remember it? You got to kill yourself. Yitzarech Adam Lamol Harbe Lazakos, right? The Chazal say, through that hard work, that would purify an neshama. That would purify the soul. And then that wouldn't be, right, that uh, person wouldn't sin so easily in that way. The ultimate goal of why Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchos was not for destruction of the Torah, but it was for the Kiyam Torah. Torah will only survive where a person has to have tremendous amelos in order to be konet. Without that, Torah will not survive. And that's why Rabbi Kamenetsky says here, in the name of Revel Yashiv, that's why um, it said as it says. And that's why the Gemara Megillah, if somebody tells you, Yagati v'lo matzati al-tamin. Fine, only if you're a miyagea. But he points out, and even after all the hard work, fascinating, it's called a mitzia. You would think after your hard work, it's not, why is that mitzia? You found it, you didn't find it, you work hard and got it. No, no, even after all the work, any Torah that we gain is a gift. El ha'inyan, shagam achar kol adam. Even after all the Yagiya Adain Rechoka HaTorah Mimenu, Gavoa Me'al Gavoa, still very high and far. Ela Shebeschar HaYagiya Zochem Babachines Metziah. But through the hard work, we'll be Zochet to it. Shekodesh Baruch Hu Mamsiyas HaTorah Lamalei HaTorah gives it. Hashem gives it. Even in the word Metziah, Belashen Metziah, Shepamim HaYadish Adam Yaga Besugya Achas. Sometimes that happens in our learning. We'll be like focusing on something and all of a sudden it'll, it'll connect like something else we're learning. In a totally different, the Chavrusa, totally different, like, wow! That's called the divine kiss. Right? That's a Mitziah. And that's Darka Shal Torah. That's Darka Shal Torah. And then he quotes even the Gemara in the Darim. Even Moshe Rabbeinu had to, had to go through this. Amazing Gemara. The Gemara says, Amar Yochanan, Torah Moshe used to learn all those 40 days and nights. And he would forget. He wouldn't remember it all. Until it was given to him Matana. And the Medrash also says this. Moshe says to Hashem, Rebbe, I don't know anything. I've been learning, I still don't know anything. He gives it to Moshe as a Matana. And that's really, that, that set the stage for all learning Torah and history, it's all given to us, all given to us by Matan. Okay. Moving right along. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, okay, maybe there'll be a kapara. And then Moshe says again, in, in Lamed Be'ez, Lamed Be'ez, how do you remember? It's Moshe's heart. Moshe's heart. If you forgive them, great. But if not, get me out of here. Right? Moshe says, wipe me out. Take me out of here. Right? That shows Moshe Rabbeinu's amazing love. Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis for Kla Yisra. If you look at Rabbeinu Bachai, this is a, a, a classic Rabbeinu Bachai in terms of structure, as he always does. We're not going to read all of it, but Rabbeinu Bachai says, I'll give you a shot of this Pasuk. Or I shouldn't even say the word pshat. What does Moshe Rabbeinu mean by saying, erase me from your sefer? What is Hashem's sefer? There was a, Hashem had a book. Erase me from your sefer, God. So Rabbeinu Bachai has pshat, drash, seichel, and kabbalah. We'll do the first three. Um, pshat. What does it mean? Al-derach ha-pshat, hu sefer ha-torah. V'ratzalomar shalo yeh nizkar b'torah v'shalotinasin al-yadah. Hashem, if you don't forgive them, just just don't put me in the Torah. Meaning, and I don't want to go down in history as having given the Torah. Just I'm not connected. Misifrcha means sefer Torah. That's pshat number one. 
Number two will be Alderach HaMedrish. Misifracha doesn't mean from the whole Torah. Right? It means it's a, it's a klala at a, a part of the Torah. Kilas chacham afilo atznaiba. Right? A klala, a curse of a chacham, even if it was atznai and the tznai wasn't fulfilled, it'll still come true. Minalan mimoshe. Shamar mecheni. Even though Hashem forgave them. So it didn't come true. He didn't have to fulfill that condition. So either Mesifracha means the whole Torah. Moshe says, wipe me out. Number two, wipe me out from a portion because it had to be fulfilled somewhere. So it's Tetzaveh. Number two. Number three. Seichel. Seichel here usually translated Seichel as intellect but it doesn't really mean that here. It means some, on, on, on another level. Hashem, wipe me out from... What's Hashem's book? Right, a book is something that we create and write. What's Hashem's book? The cosmos. The worlds. Mechena misifrecha, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Hashem, just kill me now. Right, I don't want to be here having an effect on the world in all the cosmos if you're not going to save Am Yisrael. This is not about me. Moshe Rabbeinu is offering his life. The celestial st- stars. That's Hashem's book. Just like a book is a description of some type of wisdom. And every star, if we could understand it properly, every star tells the story. Right, the the the, uh, the uh, astronomers and astrologers that they could all read the hist, the past, and read the future. There's stories told in the stars, and there are sciences like that. Hine line eight. And everything we do in this world has unbelievable effects on all the cosmos. So Moshe says, I don't want to have any more effect. Just wipe me out. I can't, I can't bear to see, you know, the, uh, what's going to happen on the, um, to the people. And this is the Lashon of Sadiqim. This isn't only Moshe Rabbeinu. El Yohanavi said this. Kach nafshi. Kitov anochim yavosa. Yona ben Amitai. Chodesh Baruch answers him, sorry. Hashem answers him, skipping out a line. Atayin charay lo'on ezek. Yatalo chatasa bazek lao. Right? I'm not, no, I'm not removing you. I'm only removing those who, who sinned. But that's number three. Misifracha means from life. From your book, which is the world's. And then Darach Kabbalah, which talks about the Sphiros, which we're not going to read, but you have it there for your own uh, edification um, in the world of Kabbalah. Uh, final thought. Final thought. So after the dust settles, Moshe Rabbeinu saves the day, so to speak, and he sets up his, his tent outside of the camp. Says that is that's out of the camp. Moshe kachas oel, but not to la michus la machane harachek ben amachane. Far away. The Carlo al moed, whoever who's a mavaki Hashem yesi lo al moed Hashem michus la machane. Right, because of the egel Moshe Rabbeinu leaves. Moshe Rabbeinu leaves. Um, the balaturim here, if you have it here in the lachzos benoam Hashem. So uh, likut, whatever likut, he lives in Yerushalayim, uh, I think. So he quotes the balaturim says on this pasuk. That this is a remez to the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu went outside of the Machaneh, Havigolu Lamakam Torah. Exile yourself to a Makam Torah. Let's say Spin Let's say Spin And the Shlach Kadosh, say Ulamad. You want to be Lamad? You got to say. You got to go out of your comfort zone in order to, according to learn. The Ketamagiyam Lakrava Kazos, Kshadamavakish Hashem, Machabit Hashem Be'emes. And he quotes here that if somebody really wants to be Kona and experience, they have to sacrifice somewhat. You gotta work hard, like we said before. You gotta go outside the machin, you gotta schlep a little bit. You gotta schlep. And he quotes, 
Rashi Yishana Yitzhasa Bishem Hagon, the Unsdorf. Shemosha Rashi Yishana Shemba'am Shintachon Kabar. Moshe saw that not everybody as amistic as he would have liked. So he wanted a kind of like filter. So what'd he do? I'm going out. I'm going outside the camp. You really want to learn from me? You'll come out too. He was hopeful. But that's what he said. He said, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then he quotes um, an amazing shot. We might have mentioned this before. Remember the story in Brachas from Gamliel was removed from the uh, being the Nasi because he embarrassed Rebbe Azariah. And the Gemara says that when Rebbe Gamliel, there were many less Talmidim in the yeshiva because you had to be Tocho Kabaro. We spoke about this a couple weeks ago, actually, not Bora Katacho, Tocho Kabaro. Uh, so, and the days of Rebbe Azariah, there were many benches that were added. But the question that's asked by a number of Mepharshim is that in the days of Rabbi Gamliel, you were only allowed to come into the base Medrash if you're Tochel Kabaro. How did, how did they know? You were only allowed to come in if your inside was like your outside. How did, how did they test for that? Are you MS dick or not? What, what they, they had, a, they had a, a metal detector that, uh, that went off if, if they were not Tochel Kabaro? See, so he quotes the, from some of the Mepharshim. No, no. Rabbi Gamliel locked the door. Rabbi Gamliel locked the door. And the question is, who would try to get in anyway? Whoever tried to get in anyway, somehow, that's Tochel Kabaro. Because they were ready to go outside the Machana. They were ready to go outside the camp and follow Moshe Rabbeinu wherever he was, like Hillel on the roof, in the snow, right? Wherever it is, that's, that's somebody who is, uh, that's Moshe Rabbeinu, what he was trying to bring out. He was trying to bring out from Klai Yisrael this, this yearning, this sacrificing for for a Torah. And that's because the Pasuk at the end, it's got to be the Asiyah. It's got to be the Asiyah. You have to reach. You have to try to reach. And that's what we try to do. And that's what life's about. Life's about showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we could go the extra mile. We could push, uh, not just take what we've been given, but uh, push as much as we can that Hashem in our, in our learning. Okay, we'll stop here, Hashem, and we will continue next week as we head towards the Last couple of partios of Sefer Shmos.